Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Alone at Lunch early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. You're listening to a Morbid Network podcast. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Hello, 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 and welcome to Alone at Lunch. I am Emily Walsh, and I'm here with my co-host, as always, Carly Montag. What do you know, guys? It's me again. Who's back? I screaming at the beginning. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna take off my headphones for a second. Get it's used to me these again. vibes. Thank you. Yes, it's you again. You're back. You're back here with a vengeance. Hello, Lunchables. We're doing it. But yeah, how are you? You know, I'm good, and I'm happy for our for our first guest. I'm happy for the guest of the day of the hour. The first uh, the one guest only, of the day. <laughs> yeah, the one and only Gus Tate. Gus is the best. He is one of my favorite people to see around the scene. We've done a couple festivals together, and I'm always very happy when I see his name on the poster. He's just a really funny guy. He's got some great. Um, he does some really fun sketches that are all over the internet. He's got some fun clips that are going around and becoming viral if you enjoy comedy about having a young child he's definitely up your alley right now he's got some really funny funny stuff up there but yeah he's just a really nice comic on the scene who i always am happy to see sand <laughs> that's what i've always thought about you is just gus oh that guy he's controversial oh yeah i'm a loose cannon that's what i've always thought yeah are we oh is it live now Oh, yeah, we we're, no, we're going. This is oh, going to be sorry. how it starts. Here we go. <laughs> if, if it sounds interesting later, then I'll leave it in. If it's if it's not, you know, I'm yeah. pretty cutthroat. All right. Um, I first of all would like to say that I really love your hairstyle. It's very similar to oh. my hairstyle. Oh, thank you. So, it is, yeah. You know, nice. I see I like we have this thing. Thank For you the listener, so much. They're both yeah. just petting their own heads. That is what's happening. They're checking this themselves over here, out. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're looking good, guys. Sometimes I think I think about whether or not I should just chop off. I have a bun, but I it's always in a bun, 100% of the time in a bun. And I do think about like if it's always up, why not just chop it off? Really but there's go something for it? Yeah, there's but cuz <clears throat> I'm literally when I look at myself in the camera, I don't see ha- like that there's hair behind me. And so like why even have it? I will say if you cut your hair off and I say this with kindness, I'm not trying to be rude. You be would rude. have you would have to style it. I know. I know that's you don't really thing, do though. your hair right now. You just yeah. put it in a bun. And if you had a short haircut, I think it could look really good. But you'd have to like get some product. You'd have to put t- five to eight minutes of effort in every morning. Eight minutes? I don't know. I don't have a short haircut. <laughs> I just think it would take some time. Gus, how much time do you spend on your hair? <sighs> I mean, just doing the bun is like twelve minutes. Right at the <laughs> yeah, top. No. and then he cuts yeah. it off, and that's another thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, almost no time. I don't, I don't even do what I, 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 I don't wash it. That's my secret. I just don't wash my hair and then it just naturally like flops. But if I wash my hair, it's, it's done. It's, it's over. Ready to go. That hair day. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Maybe go for it. Yeah. Well, I think I need to put on a wig and like really feel it out. 
Sure. I think yeah. a really good time to make a dramatic hair decision is definitely when you're about to get married. So I think this is a good idea. You're about to get yeah. married? Uh, yeah. Well, hey, about to yeah. is loose. Like, it's like a okay. year and a half from now. But okay. yeah. Well, then do it because you got time. Yeah, so it'll grow back. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, this is the time because this is when I start making all my midlife crisis choices. Like, sure. Like getting you know, married and. You'll, you'll, you know. you'll have more, probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is the time. This is it. I'll be about, <laughs> I'm living about 64, and that's my time. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, is that what you're oh, going to say on your deathbed? That's my time. That's my, <laughs> that's my time. <laughs> that's my time. I'll leave you on Thanks for having me. I'll give, leave you give me my time back to the room. <laughs> nice. Uh, have you always uh, had this hairstyle, Gus? Or did you ever have like long hair? I did I, I did in high school. But uh, no, it's been short most of my adult life. And, did you uh, have super long hair in high school or just longer? Yeah. I mean, it was like a period. It was like one haircut length of time like i don't know a semester or something but uh no it was my wife that really cleaned this up i used to have just it was a mess but she did she uh, cut your hair no she just told me when it insists looked bad. on it yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah i was uh, i was in china for like seven and a half years and nobody told me that my hair looked bad and seven like, and a half years yeah she was one of the first people that was like no we can't can't did do you this. meet your wife in china in uh hong kong but it's okay, and- much more Western there. Gotcha. And what, like, let's, like, because seven years in China, let's go back to the beginning of that. What brought you there? What were you doing there? What was that like? Let's get into that. Um, yeah. Did you like how, did you like that segue? We it was weren't a great even talking segue. about China and I, wow. I mean. You were like, I, you know where I was I alone? That. China. Yeah. You know where I had hair? China. <laughs> let's talk uh, about it. I'm impressed. It's so much more smooth now that I pointed it out too. As but. my grandfather used to say, you've got hair for radio, so. That's, uh, <laughs> that's funny hair for podcast um yeah. <laughs> yeah i went uh i went to china right after college just because it was the only thing that i thought that i was good at or speaking chinese was the only thing i thought i was <laughs> just going to, china, going to china yeah. <laughs> packing I mean, a bag. i'm stellar at packing a bag so i went to china yeah exactly I mean, more or less but uh yeah that was the only thing that i like learned in college that i thought that i was good at so i was just uh i, I taught english which is what most foreigners do when they go there and uh, I did that for two years, and then um, I wanted to like become a Chinese teacher, so I did this program at uh, Beijing Normal University uh, to become ostensibly to become a Chinese teacher. Although it was called applied linguistics. Um, Got it. Yeah. So you wanted to be a Chinese teacher in America? Yeah, I, I basically wanted to come back and be like a college professor. Um, oh my god! I thought you wanted to teach Chinese in China, and I was like, "Are you sure that's a good idea?" That be, no, <laughs> I don't think they they would like that. Yeah, just like a six not. foot three tall white man with your hair, being like, <laughs> "I'm teaching Chinese." Yeah, no, 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 I do it better. I can let, yeah. let me do it. Let me do it. Let me show you. Yeah, no, 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 back here. But uh, I don't know how well that would have worked either because I didn't really try. Are you learning slash teaching uh, Mandarin and Cantonese or different or the same? No, or... just just Mandarin, really. Just Mandarin is yeah. it's region based. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we say Chinese, like in, in China, it usually means Mandarin, but it can mean like, if you say it in Hong Kong, then it means Cantonese. Um, but the language itself is more or less the same. It's just how it sounds. That's different. Like the pronunciation of, of each word is different, but it's, it's basically the same language. So it's like English in America versus English in England type thing. Yeah, kind of. It might be a little more different than that. It might be more like, uh, like German and Dutch or something like they're or like Spanish and Spain and Spanish and Mexico kind of thing. Yeah. It might be like that. Yeah. That's a good, are you analogy. already teaching your child Mandarin so that she can dominate no. the business world? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. People ask me that all the time. Uh, no, I, uh, I don't know. I don't want to like, cause I, it feels weird to me if I suddenly was like, Hey, you know, me how and stuff like that. I don't know. Sure. I don't want to <laughs> freak her out. Um, but there are Chinese parents at the school that she goes to and like, they know that I speak Chinese and we've like done it a little bit so she can say like, thank you. And you know, some numbers and stuff. So maybe. Did you start taking uh, Chinese in, in young, like were you like young, young or just like in college and you were like, Oh, I'm really good at this. Just uh, college. And I wasn't good to be clear. I was not good at it, but I thought <laughs> that I was, that's the important part. Somebody so told me that I was good at it. Oh, somebody told you. Okay. Yeah. What was the motivation to take it in the first place? Just curiosity. Yeah, I well, so I uh, I took Italian. I mean, I took French in high school and then Italian to start, and then um, I just noticed that like some of my classmates that had taken Chinese were like 
really good at it, like to my mm-hmm. ear. And specifically like the non-Chinese ones, like basically the white people that were speaking Chinese. I was like, it like blew my mind that they could speak Chinese. It just had not yeah. occurred to me that white people could learn Chinese. Sure. And uh, I was like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta try it. And then sure enough, the Chinese program was really good. And uh, they like really teach you Chinese. It turns out it's just another language and you can learn huh. it. <laughs> I know. Where, crazy. where were you in the U.S. when you were taking Chinese uh like, or to a school no. uh princeton yeah oh uh, yeah small liberal arts school small liberal yeah, arts school yeah, in, in new, new jersey. jersey you've heard of it maybe or not. <laughs> second person to bring up princeton in, in my life today just that's oh, wow. my yep yeah, small small amount of people for princeton standards but um... <laughs> uh, yeah that's true <laughs> uh, yeah you'll get some of that i try yeah i try not to but that's I, fair yeah. no it's the answer it's the answer to the question yeah yeah, when you got into Princeton, you didn't have an intended major. You were just like, I am smart, and I will figure it out at some point. Yeah, well, that's what they tell you. They tell you don't worry about it until gotcha. later. I gotcha. wish that they had sort of told me b- before. I wish someone had been like, no, no, no fi- fucking figure it Think out. Think about it. Give it yeah. some thought. Yeah. Can I, can I say the fuck on here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do wait. So Princeton told you that they came. They were like, please don't declare a major until like way later. Or uh, I mean, they didn't say please don't, but they were like, yeah, like don't worry about it. For the love I mean, of God, they're very, li- <laughs> they're very li- liberal. That's the liberal part of the liberal arts. They're like, just learn stuff and like worry about it later. But yeah, yeah. I wish that I had gotten serious a little faster. That's like a very privileged thing to say because this is like oh, a yeah. very specific reference. But I. I went to school for theatrical design. So it's a design scenery for theater. Mm. And our teacher always told us to just learn hand drafting, which is like a beautiful art form at this point, but nobody really does it. And mm. not to learn computer drafting in college, like not to take that as an elective because we could always take it later. We could always take it at like a community college. Or we could always take it, whatever. He was like, don't waste your collegiate four years learning a technical skill like any other skill. Like you can just go do that later. Go take a you know, art class or whatever. And so I didn't learn it. And then Mm -hmm. I graduated and couldn't be employed because every assistant designer, all they do is computer draft. And so like right away I was disadvantaged because I listened to him be like, no, just, you know, make art and be fine. And I was like, you made theater in the eighties. This does not count. I uh, am now a useless person. I think it's like, it's a lovely idea to tell young people, like, don't worry about it. But when it comes to like, like, I feel like there should be a survey at the beginning of college that's like, A, do you have loans? Okay, mm-hmm. if you have loans, you're in this box. B, mm-hmm. if you have loans, are you going to be the sole person paying them back? Okay, you're the sole person paying them back. When do they start? Six months after? Okay, right, you have six months after. Is there crippling interest on that loan? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, there is. Okay, then you need to work in one of these five categories. Like, you need to have yeah. these skills right away. And if you answered no to all of those questions, go learn poetry, do whatever you want, live yeah. your best life. Totally. Yeah. I, uh, they, they really like, I mean, not Princeton, but like the, the program that I went into, um, to teach English, they were really like, they were like, everybody's going into consulting jobs and like investment banking. Like you don't need to be like those losers, like do something cool and like go to <laughs> Asia and teach English. And I like bought that hook, line and sinker. Sure. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be cool. And I wish somebody had been like, no, 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 don't, you're going to, do you know what you're missing out? Like a lot of money. Like you could have made a lot of money if you had just done this thing. Anyway. You're already at Princeton. Why not do this and just make a lot of money? I know. Were they desperate? uh, Were they thirsty for students? Why were they pushing it? Were the, was the program thirsty for like people to go teaching? Um, I don't know. I guess it's just part of their recruitment thing to just get as many suckers to no i don't mean it wasn't it was a very positive experience and obviously it led me to here so it's great but uh yeah they just they just wanted uh, people to go teach english i don't know maybe they had a quota or something but it worked it worked on me yeah I, that's a real i hate to be a conspiracy theorist but for me that's a real follow the money situation i need to know like why they were pushing <laughs> i know so did you go right after graduation yeah i think i spent most of the summer at home but then uh yeah, I went for like before for the uh, the school year to uh, Guangzhou, which is in um, it's actually in uh, like the Cantonese part of uh, China, and I taught at a high school there, um, middle school, high school, yeah, for two years, and um, it was great. 
It was very, it was very easy to teach Chinese high schoolers. They're like very well behaved. And I think that gave me the idea that I could be a teacher in America. So I was like, well, this is, this is easy. I mean, it's like, they're like, they pay attention. Uh-huh. Like as you know, sometimes they like, they're like talking, but you're like, Hey, stop. And they're like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Whereas I would in, never do it again. Yeah. 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 American high school, I think is not, uh, not like that so much, but, um, yeah, it was fun. And I just, I just didn't have anything better to do. So I, uh, I wanted to be like a cool, like Chinese teacher, well, like a cool guy that spoke Chinese. That's what I wanted to be. And so I like, you can't just do that professionally. So I was like, I'll be a Chinese teacher. I'll be a, sure. I'll teach Chinese. And I had my first Chinese teacher at Princeton was like a very cool, like old white guy whose Chinese was amazing. And all the Chinese teachers who were like actually Chinese were like, this guy's unbelievable. Like they all like really respected him. And I was like, this, I want to be that guy. And, I feel um, like it takes one cool adult to kind of change your entire life, like trajectory. Like if there's yes. one person where you're like, oh, I kind of want to be them. Yeah. Like you'll do a lot of dumb stuff or misguided stuff or just kind of random stuff because you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I think they have a good life. Right. Oh, no, it was definitely life. dumb. I think you were trying to save yourself from saying what I was doing is dumb. It was very dumb. I just wasn't <laughs> sure where good... you landed on it. You know, you've kind of been all over the map as far as how you felt about it. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was trying no. to be polite. And he, I think, I mean, it sounds weird, but I think the fact that he was not Chinese, that he was like, you know, like a white guy. I mean, he could have been a black guy or whatever, but I just mean he was not a native speaker of Chinese. And that was such a vote of confidence for me. Like, if this guy can do it, then I can do it, you know? Surely anyone can. Yeah. Yeah. Because if if it's like a Chinese- Where did you grow up? uh, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky. Wow. wow. Yeah. It gets more interesting by the minute. So that was a real yeah. journey to go to Princeton. That was a big um, one. Yeah, sort of. Not really, actually. My dad went there and his dad went there. So it was actually sort of the least. <laughs> it's actually the like, opposite. It's actually the path of <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, I still had to test well to get into it. Of course. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling that that helped. I think it's the kind of place they like that kind of thing. You know, they're like, ah, they call it a legacy. That was yeah. a legacy. Did you want to go there? Like when you were in high school, did no. you have like the, were you a Rory Gilmore? You had the poster on the wall? No, I don't understand that reference, but. It's a Gilmore what? Girls reference. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, we'll just move past it. I forgot you were a straight man. It's a great yeah, show. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I did not want to go there until one time. I don't know. He, my dad just like took me on a nice day. It was like just mm. a real nice day. And I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. And um, they tell you uh when -hmm. you go visit colleges they tell you specifically not to pay attention to the weather Hmm. because apparently there's like a pretty high statistic of like it affecting your choice and i yeah i knew that when i went to my went to school and i went to boston university and the person who is now my best friend came on a tour of my school and i did like it when i was there and i was a freshman and she was touring and i was in an incredibly bad mood probably the worst Mm -hmm. mood i'd ever been in at the school but mm-hmm. I also knew that she seemed like cool in the 20 minutes I had talked to her, but I could not like calm down. Like I was so frustrated with something. And I apparently told her, cause her mom tells me this story all the time. She's like, you said to us, mm-hmm. uh, they tell you to ignore the weather and I am the weather. Like I am, <laughs> I am a rainy wow. day. Like just ignore. I am the weather. I am the weather. <laughs> I am the one who knocks. I was like, ignore my vibes today. This is oh, a good school. Funny. No, I, I believe that statistic. I was I was really excited about Chicago uh, for a while, and then we went there, and it was like the it was just slushy and terrible. And somebody on the tour, uh, somebody leaned out of their dorm room window and went, "Don't go here, it sucks." And I was like, "All right, I won't." Sold. Got yeah. It was easy. Yeah. No problem. But yeah, I just and applied. Princeton was like little yeah. birds and sunshine. oh yeah yeah flowers, and it was just yeah, um, it was a scene out of Bambi or something like uh, you know that part in Bambi where all the skunks are like. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you not watch Bambi recently? That's weird. Do you Good not say, have yeah, uh, no. two-year-olds? Um, don't. <laughs> anyway, it was just a, it was, yeah, it was, it was a, a nice day. And I applied early. That was the other thing is you, they let you apply early. And um, so you find out before everyone else and then everyone else is still stressing and it just feels good to be like, no, no, no I'll just, I'll take it. I'll cash I'll out. There. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's not because I was smart or anything. I just want to make that clear. It's not because I'm like really uh, talented. A prodigy. Yeah, it was, I just I don't yeah. think I've met anybody that went to an Ivy League school that didn't 
have an intention going there. I just think it's interesting mm. that you were like, yeah, I'll just kind of go. And to be fair, I don't know a ton of people that went to Ivy League schools. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, there's not a ton in comedy. I feel like it's not cool Weirdly. to talk yeah, about. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you talk about it, everyone's like, Ugh. I don't, yeah, I don't bring yeah. it up. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I had a feeling about it and that I was like, what is that feeling based in? And I don't even know what the feeling was. It was just <laughs> kind of like, oh, okay. Pr- okay. That's fancy. That's a fancy mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. But the, all they, for all the fanciness, the only thing I really learned was Chinese and, uh, and how to juggle. That's the only thing that Princeton taught me. <sighs> I want to, I've been trying to learn how to juggle. Oh, really? You, yeah. A little bit like yeah. on and off. Like I had the, the juggle casually. balls. I uh, I can't say it's a great career move, learning how to juggle. Uh, I think I'll let you know. You'll be the juggler. <laughs> I was gonna say hey, you got Carly, a couple I options think... lined up. Carly's day job is occupational therapist. I think oh, people cool. would like you around the hospital if you were like juggling uh, ace bandages. Like if you were like coming over to your patient yeah. juggling an ace bandage, I'd be like, this lady, she knows. She knows what that's she's doing. That's a good idea. That's a good that's not oh. a bad idea. Something to think about. You can become <laughs> the uh the clown of the therapy yeah. session. Yeah. Well okay. How did it feel being out of like away from your family and everybody for so long? Oh, it was great. Uh no. I mean it, yeah. <laughs> no notes. No yeah, notes. no, no it was awesome. Uh, yeah, no, that part, I mean, I didn't, uh, I mean, my, my family were very supportive and, uh, I talked to them all the time. So that, that part was fine. I didn't, uh, I mean, that part, yeah, that part was great. It was the, the part that I felt out of, uh, out of water was the alone at lunch. Was fish the, out of water. Fish out of water. Yeah. Whatever. Um, right. Was just, yeah, just being a foreigner. But I mean, to be clear, it was very positive. I was treated very well. It wasn't like, uh, nobody wanted to sit with me at lunch. It was, uh, quite the opposite. Um, yeah, you can have a positive odd one out experience, hundred percent. Yeah. Did you feel weird being tall there? Yeah. Yes. So I spent a month in Malaysia, mm. and just the general population is is a lot shorter, and I felt like I got looked at a lot. Mm. And it's also weird because in Malaysia, oh. and obviously I understand that it's like a completely different country far away, but they, uh, I'm very all offended. of their advertising in Kuala Lumpur is like very attractive white people. Mm. And a lot of them are blonde and mm-hmm. they could tell me and my friend um, were American, the same friend from the previous story, actually, that I told was the weather. And nice. she is also my height and had curly hair, which they don't really have a ton of like tight curly hair. Mm. And so we just got looked at like every day we were working in a theme park that you had to walk through the mall to get to from the hotel. So like our mm. hotel was connected to a mall, which was connected to the theme park. And we were walking through it every day. And that walk was like the weirdest 10 minutes of the day because everybody would mm-hmm. like stop and look at us. And probably too, because we were like two white girls in our twenties wearing clothes covered in paint that were like six inches taller than them. And so it was just like a weird, it was a weird experience to just be, I, I never felt like I was able to just be casual and like mm-hmm. be blended into the, mm, like, yeah. Cause I feel like there's like a beautiful thing about New York city where you can be alone in front of a million yes. people. Yes. And I never really felt that way abroad. Yep. It's the opposite of New York. Well, I mean, which is good and bad. Like that—that that is the negative part. Is that you can never blend in. You can never just like hang out with somebody that, unless you know them very well. Like you're—you're you're never accepted as a. Um, I don't want to say. I mean, obviously not as a Chinese person, but you're—you're you're just never accepted as like a normal person. You can never have like a you're normal conversation. You're always somebody from America. Yeah. Yeah, they're always trying to like teach you stuff, or like have you teach them stuff, or it's—I don't know. Yeah. Were your closest relationships while you were there with other people that were expats or were you making a lot of really good friendships with like people that yeah. were there? What was that I did like? ev- I did eventually. Yeah. I, I would say yeah, it is much easier to make friends with other expats, but um that's actually so the the cool thing about this program that I did was that um so it was like it was probably like 30 to 40 Chinese people that wanted to be Chinese teachers and then like 10 Koreans and like a Japanese guy and like, like three Vietnamese people. And so there was like this, like, uh, this like foreign student component of it, but nobody spoke English except me. I mean, they, they could speak varying, like they could speak a little bit, but it was just a very rare situation where like, usually if people from more than one country are together, they default to English as the, um, yeah you know, whatever you call it, common language. But uh, I mean, 
almost always does that happen. But the, in this particular situation, because everyone was there to teach Chinese, they were all Chinese speakers. And I was the only native English speaker. It was like, well, I guess we got to speak Chinese. So I ended up speaking like Chinese with like Korean and Japanese people more than I did with actual Chinese people, which was, uh, wow. I would say mostly positive. Like it was, it was cool because, uh, it was like we were both learning it together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was going to say, do you feel like that strengthened your like hold of the language? Or do you think it muddied the waters? Because <laughs> I mean, dialects? Like... yeah, it definitely did muddy it a little bit, but I think it was worth it because it was, uh, it was just such a fun, it was, it was more fun to like, I, I don't mean to say that talking to Chinese people is not fun, but it's just, there's always sure. like a, you know, Oh, let me teach you that. Or like, let me, in, until you've really gotten to know somebody, but with, like Korean and Japanese people, it's like an instant, like, oh, this is hard for you too. Oh, thank God. You know? Right. It's a level playing field because you're both learning. Yes. And I don't mean to be like, my Chinese was so good that I was as good as other Asian people. It really is like a completely different language for Chinese people or for Koreans and Japanese. Like, it's like, except for the writing. The writing is like, they have a leg up because they've like mostly learned Chinese characters because it's like part of their language. But for speaking, it's to it's like uh, like English is probably closer to Chinese than Korean and Japanese is to Chinese. Do you know what I mean? Grammatically. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Hungarian is closer to Japanese than it is to English or Chinese. I've you know heard I mean? that before. Hungarian sounds yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. Like oh, I yeah. <laughs> any Wild. I've been to Hungary and I was recently like I met a bunch of Hungarian tourists when I was in uh Malta with my husband and we mm. talked to them for a while and they one of the girls was like she got really intense at one point and she was like I need to ask you a question and I was like oh god like what is this question going to be because sometimes like because they were younger and sometimes people who've never been to America have really weird questions for Americans. But she was just like, do we sound crazy? And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, what does my language sound like to you? Like if we talk, what did you think that language was? And I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea. Like before we started <laughs> yeah. talking and you told me where you were from, I had no idea. I was like, I knew a lot of things it wasn't. Yeah. But I did not have, normally I can at least pick the country at this point. And I was like, mm -hmm. It's so weird. Know. And she was like, she was like, see, to me, it makes perfect sense. And I was like, you're from Hungary. Like, of course yeah. it does. Yeah. But they really do have a leg up learning Korean and uh, and Japanese, I think, because it's like subject, object, verb, whereas Chinese and English is subject, verb, object. Verb, object. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, th that, that just meant that, like, we were, like, basically on the same, like, we could, whenever something weird happened in class, we would be like, that's weird, right? Is that you two? Okay. You know. Um, like, uh, like, I feel like, uh, there are all these like cultural exchange programs, you know, where like, like, oh, like you go to China and like, uh, you know, do stuff with Chinese people or like, and then they come to you and they, but like, if you really wanted like a Chinese person and an American person to get to know each other, you should send them both to Africa on like a bus or something. Right. So, yeah. because, so that they can experience a third culture together. Together. Like, that's where the real bonding is. It's like, whoa, was that weird for you? Yeah, that was that was weird. Yeah, um, what part of that makes sense to you? Yeah. So when you were doing the program, um, were you like in a dorm or did you all just show up and have to find housing? Like, what was uh, your yeah, we were in a dorm. downtime like? Yeah, that my uh, they assigned us roommates. Mine was a, a Vietnamese guy. Um, yeah, you just get sort of assigned, which was also great. Like, because if it were up to me, I probably would have like found another American at the school and then like right. roomed with them. Yeah. So how um, long was the program? Three years. Oh wow. Which is too so long. So right after right after college, you went to this program for three years? No, I did I taught English for two years in Guangzhou and then taught I went English to Beijing and did the program for, for three years. Three years. And yeah. then you stayed another two uh, years. Yeah, I stayed another yeah, like year and a half. Um I was uh my friend started an air filter company and I like helped him build a website for it. <clears throat> I sold air yeah, filters sure. for a year and a half and did uh <laughs> And did comedy. That feels like the craziest part of this story so far to be like, yeah, yeah, you know, I went to Princeton, Chinese, did this program, and then air filters. Yeah, this it was, was in China. Yeah, because Beijing has notoriously bad air. Sure. And there was, um, yeah, there was I, uh, uh, my friend, he like made his own air filter, and he was like teaching people how to do it, and it started, it started to like take off, and uh, but he had to go back to America, so I just sort of like volunteered to take over the business. 
and uh, it be, it's still a thing. Oh. It's called Smart Air. Look it up. If you I was gonna say, is it like air. life water but air? So kind of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it's like a do it yourself kind of thing. I mean, it's literally just like a filter strapped to a fan. Um, but it turns out that that works pretty well. Like compared to you know breathing in toxic air, it's like it's worth it. Um, and now they actually built their own air filter, so you can buy like a real air purifier from them. Smart Air plug. I know it's not the plug time, but I'm plugging it. No, plug away. <laughs> we love an early plug. Perfect. Yeah. So when were you in Hong Kong and met your now wife? Yeah. So I guess, yeah, a year and a half after that. I started doing comedy in Beijing um, at like open mics and stuff. And, wait, um, wait, wait. You started doing comedy in Beijing at mm-hmm. open? Like, oh mm-hmm. my God, this story keeps on going. Okay. So those were, was that expats or was those, were that? Was that was that, expats. Like, yeah i sort of as as i like in my three years at that uh school i started like going into the city more and like meeting more expats and that was like um yeah i think one of my friends oh yeah one of my friends like uh from the school actually really wanted to get into improv an american guy and he like really wanted me to go with him and i like chickened out a bunch of times and then we finally did it and there was stand up afterwards and like we both did it and I just was what there a like basic stand up story to happen in Beijing. Like that is. Yeah. Oh, it is. That's the thing. It's not a comedy story. Yeah. People always go like, whoa, was that weird? It's I'm sure it's exactly like starting comedy in like Lexington, Kentucky or, you know, any like small town in America, because that's the population of expats in any like big foreign city. Like, if, you right. know, if you go to like Tokyo, there's probably like 300,000 uh americans or europeans in there that all like know each other and it's it's that but just in the middle of a giant chinese metropolis so that's where i started whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate liquid iv quenches your thirst faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness all in a single sugar-free stick liquid iv is perfect for daily use before a workout when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco. Or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Was that like the one, was there, was there only comedy there or were you just like, okay, and now we're going to go to this bar and do this out there? It was pretty much just, there was one bar called Hot Cat Club that had a Wednesday open mic and it was very well attended most of the time. And it was, uh, it was great. I don't know. Did you guys start comedy in New York or in small towns? In New York. Yeah. In New York. Yeah. And I mean, in small towns, that's like what it's like, like you, uh, there's an actual audience for the open mic. Like people, it's like the entertainment on a Wednesday. And that's what happened in Beijing. It was like, I got so spoiled. I thought that's how what comedy was. And um, yeah, I so I like, oh yeah, that's what happened. I I uh, there was like a Beijing comedy competition, which was just like the you know the eleven regular people that do it, like got some magazine writers to be judges, and then we called it a competition, and I won. And I thought it was a huge yeah. deal. Yeah, I thought it was a big. I was like, I'm the. You're like, this is gonna open some doors. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was like, I was like really proud of it, and uh, I was like, I think if, if I'm the best comedian in Beijing, like I could be the best comedian in another city. And then, yeah, I did. And then I did like the uh, Hong Kong uh, comedy competition, which is where I met my wife. And she wasn't at the. She wasn't a comic, but she was like just at a bar. Uh, she was at the after party. And I thought that she was at the show that I thought that I oh, killed that. You were like, and, I'm going to really impress this woman because I'm the funniest person in Beijing. Yes. That is, I mean, pretty much literally what I thought at the time. And uh, I didn't realize she wasn't at the show. She like, she, she was meeting friends, but all her friends thought I was funny. So that was enough. 
Oh, that's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> that's like getting the fifth, like something that happens after the fifth or sixth date out of the way before you even meet her. Yes. Like the yeah, friends yeah. think you're funny. So that's that's a leg up right there. Definitely. I got so lucky. And because um, if she had seen the show, I think, I'm not sure she would have liked it. Like, I think I showed her a clip later and she was like, oh, <laughs> so it's really, fine. yeah, know? it's okay. But it's a good um, thing you have a good personality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, it was the delusion that kept me going. The idea that I thought that I was funny. Wait, did you win the Hong Kong one as well? No, I did not. I, uh, no, I did not. I never have. I've gone back a couple times. Not, I mean, not since New York. Actually, no, I did go back one time. I went back like a year after moving to New York being like, I'm like, I'm obviously going to win crush. this. Yeah, yeah, because I've been in New York for a year, so, you know, and I didn't, yeah, I sucked, as always. Um, but Hong Kong comedy tough, is... Tough crowd. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's not. It's Hong Kong comedy is so, um, it's like very, I mean, sorry, not all Hong Kong comedy is like this, but there's a type of comedy that like absolutely crushes there, and it's very accent heavy. It's like the kind of gotcha. thing where if you heard it in America, you'd be like, whoa, it's like, it's like you can do a Chinese offensive. accent. Yeah. But like the audiences don't know they're supposed to be offended. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause you'll have Hong Kong people there and they're like, that's how we talk. You know, they got it. Nailed it. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, and to be fair, it can be funny, but it's just like, I don't know. It's the, I, I've never been comfortable uh, doing it. And, um, oh, you can also like shit on mainlanders there. Like, cause that, that's what they call people from mainland China. Um, like the kind of people that I knew when I was in China, like you can be like, cause they come to Hong Kong and they like, you know, buy handbags and stuff. There's, there's a stereotype against mainland Chinese people in Hong Kong. But anyway, if you go on stage in Hong Kong and be like, anyway, so I saw a mainlander the other day and people go like, boo, it's so <laughs> wow. weird. It seems very call and response too. It seems very like yeah. involved. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, well it is a little, it, it's a weird mix of people because it's like, it's like Hong Kong Chinese people and like British bankers that are just blasted. It's like drunk, like <laughs> drunk British, you know how British people like sort of think that heckling is you, like Fun you're supposed to do it. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They, they think, think you're supposed to. The show. Yes. Oh man. Oh, I thought that was, I thought I was supposed to do a bit. Uh... Without me, this would have been boring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're doing fine, but now we're doing great. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. I mean, but to be fair, it was mostly great. It was mostly great audiences. And again, I was foiled into thinking that I was really good. Yeah. So what did you, what was your thought process coming back to America? Were you moving back to do comedy in New York City? Were yeah. you thinking it was going to be like smooth sailing? Like did your, yeah. were you teaching? Were you going to be teaching in America in no. the U.S.? Like the plan? No. By that time, like after I moved to Hong Kong, I started working um, for a software company that uh, had an office there and uh, they were very nice and let me work remotely after I left. So that's what I still do actually as my oh, day wow. job now. Sorry to break it okay, to all my, huh? all my fans that are listening to this podcast, <laughs> but uh, I still have a day job. You have to work? We don't give you enough in smiles to help and you And drink tickets. Yeah, no. So you're weird. still working for that same company from Hong Kong? Yeah. They're, uh, yeah, they're actually, they're not even really like based in Hong Kong anymore. They're like Hong Kong, Singapore, London. It's one of those like, like oh, everyone yeah. works from home kind of companies. But yeah, I still work for them. You're in such a different time zone. Yeah, which uh, I like. I like being alone at work, so to speak. Alone at lunch. Oh, that's nice. Trying to tie alone it back at lunch to at work. The... Yeah. So yeah, I can just, I can mostly uninterrupted do all my work. And then like, you know, like nobody's like slacking me in the middle of the Yeah, yeah. You're just existing. That actually does sound nice. It's pretty nice. Do you get it done on your own time or do you have like a normal work day? Um, I try to keep it normal. It's basically when my daughter's in preschool. It's like 8 to 4.30. Yeah, 8 to 4.30. Yeah, but, but yeah. Uh, so you were you were coming back to New York. Mm. You were like, I've got this great job. I can work from home. Yeah. Had you I'm spent really a lot funny. of time in New York before moving? No, I mean, uh, yeah, it's not too far away from Princeton, so I had been like a couple of times, but um, no, not really. I basically thought it was going to be like, I was like, I'm the funniest person in Beijing, and the funny, I'm I should be the funniest person in Hong Kong. Like this is going to be. I was that was stolen <laughs> for me. Yeah, this <laughs> yeah. is going to be fun. It's going to be a cinch. And I mean, people had been like, you know, it's like hard to do comedy there, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, but they haven't, they haven't seen me. It's, and, it's hard uh, in Beijing too. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically, yeah, got my ass handed to me, as I think most people that move to New York 
do. Sure. Um, yeah. Even not comedians, just people. And right. just trying to exist is difficult. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. I think about how hard it is just to like go to Target and I'm like, why do people live here? Oh yeah. I uh, know. Wait. So you met your wife mm-hmm. who was also visiting Hong Kong? Uh, no, she worked there. No. She was living she there worked for there. I think five and a half years before I got there. Okay. Um, yeah. She's Australian. But she worked for um, a British firm. The dream. Wow. Yeah. The plot thickens. Oh, my gosh. And she moved with you to New York? Yeah. It so happened that she... When she could have been back in Australia? I know. (laughs) I know. I'm hoping that she she doesn't realize that it's better there. But uh, she's very... I was going to say, do you live in fear every day that she's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to just ride this kangaroo out of town. Yeah. I'm going to go back. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, uh, she's very like dedicated to her job, which is like here. And um, but I mean, she could she could do it. I think people have told her that she could do it in Australia, and uh, that wouldn't be so bad. I feel like I could live in Australia. It's a pretty nice place. Yeah, everyone she has, like, feels a fancy that way. Real person job, right? Your wife. Yeah, she's a headhunter for uh, oh, wow. financial services. So she's on the phone all the time, trying to convince people to quit their job and stuff. It's wow. um, oh. I know it's one of those jobs. Like she like so uh, adult. I know she like fires people. I'm like, damn. I mean, not all the Wait. time. She it's... convinces people to leave their job and also fires. <laughs> no, people? sorry. I just Other mean people. like different people. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. I mean, she started a, a new job where she's less uh, senior, so she doesn't actually fire anyone right now. But I just mean like she's like a real. She's got like a real job where she's like in charge of people. She's you know a business lady. She's a yeah. she's yeah, a yeah. business lady. Right. It's weird <laughs> because I feel like comics that I know that are married to non-comics, they're still not business people. Like they're still yeah. not like adults. Right. And so she sounds like she's an adult. She is. is yes. Yeah. She is an adult. It's pretty wild. She's uh, five years older than me, which is uh, doesn't sound like much, but it's like there's a like a a generational gap a yeah. little bit like she didn't go to, oh i get that yeah yeah like she didn't go to uh college with facebook like facebook for her was like after like when she was an adult you know what i mean wow. i don't know how old you guys are but i was i was yeah. so my freshman year was the first year facebook was existed and i went same. to bu so i was yep. the only non-ivy school uh, on it so i think we nice. must be the same age but yeah yep i think so I'm 32. My fiance is five years younger than me. Mm. And so similarly, like you don't think of five years being a big gap until you're talking about something and she'll just be like, I don't know what you're saying. Or like, mm. I that wasn't my experience or how, wh-. and I'm like, it was just five mm. years. Like how, so, mm-hmm. so much can happen. Yeah. More I, I mean, happens yeah. It makes sense. The like the, the gaps <laughs> are getting wider. Yeah. yeah. I would yeah. say they're getting even I don't, not smaller, I guess wider, but like my husband's only three years younger than me, but he mm. also like, I feel like timeline wise, he really hit all the pop culture where he was supposed to. Mm. Whereas I missed a lot of stuff because I was already not interested. Like mm. I could have been in a Harry Potter, but I was like, again, I read books. That's what we talk about on this podcast, but I was already <laughs> reading adult books. So like mm. other 12 year olds were like, Harry Potter's great. Mm. And I was like, yeah, but have you read a tree grows in Brooklyn or whatever the fuck I was reading? <laughs> and so I wasn't reading yeah. Harry Potter. And then my husband's three years younger. So he read all of them. Cause he was like mm. young enough when the first one came out that he wanted to follow the series. He had Pokemon. I was like, mm. you know, 12 on Pokemon. Like I just, I just missed it. <laughs> and I was a little past whatever mm. was cool. So like, I just don't know what the reference is. Like, I'm literally yeah. like, I understand what a Pokemon is. I know which one Pikachu is. Yeah. But I, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. That, all that is lost on my um, geriatric wife. She doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> she doesn't know a Pokemon from a Harry Potter from a... No, she knows Harry Potter. But yeah, it's uh But yeah, funny. that's even crazier with the internet. Because I feel like my, our age group, because we had Facebook right away Mm. so i don't know if you've thought about this but i really feel like every social media platform until like tiktok maybe snapchat hit me at the exact age i was ready for it like facebook Mm. came out at 18 Mm -hmm. instagram was like 21 22 twitter was like 24 Mm. 25 yeah and then i and i feel like i was at the age to pick them up embrace them and use them yeah and until snapchat came out i i felt very much in the zone of young people and then snapchat came out and i was like i don't get it like i don't get why we're doing this yeah snapchat never made any sense now there's a new one oh boy 
Yeah. What, is, what sure does your young know. young fiance have to tell us? Uh, Kate has been doing one that's like called like Real Time oh, or be, the be real. real. No, it's called Be Real. Be real. I saw yeah. something about this. Yeah. I read an article in the Washington Post about this today because that's how old I am. Yeah. She's like, mm. smile. I'm like, what is this? She's like, well, I have to show my friends what I'm doing right now. I'm oh, like, boy. but that's everything. Yeah. What? I don't understand. So it literally takes pictures because I read about it today because somebody got in trouble i for some reason have gone down this really weird wormhole where i like to read articles about when influencers get in trouble like when they put their foot in their mouth Mm -hmm. and this influencer got in trouble because everyone on be real i guess what happens is for two minutes a day it like gives you a notification and you have to take pictures of like what you're doing in those two minutes so it can be at 9 a.m it can be at 6 p.m but you have to do it to be quote unquote be real to Mm -hmm. show what you're doing and she was like, so many people are in bed during their be real. Like, you got to get up and work. And I was like, mm-hmm. who do you think you are? Kim Kardashian? <laughs> but that is when I learned mm-hmm. what that is. So Kate is doing it. She's into it. Yeah. So she like one of her friends told her about it. So obviously she had to download it. And then all of her friends were already on it, apparently. And so it's like, you know, you take a picture of literally what's in front of you in that mm. moment. And then it shows also your face. So it's like funny because it's like how I look when I'm uh, seeing the world in front of me. It's like front and back. So, yeah. So you can then you can click on as the viewer, like as the recipient, you can. And it has a thread like you can scroll up and see like what so and so is looking at right now and so on. Mm. And you can either click on their face. So you kind of see it up close or you can click on the what they're seeing and you can see that up close. But it's like, oh, now I'm looking at my computer screen. Now I'm looking at the pool. Like, it's like, okay. Mm. All right. (laughs) Yeah. I like that it's like against uh, influencing, right? Like, you're not supposed to be an influencer. Uh, You're not supposed to use it to get uh, famous is what I've read about it, right? Because how could you? Like, how could you? Yeah, you you can't. um, No, all it is is just to see what what's real, I guess. Because you only have two minutes. Like, you can't go chain. You can't go, Mm. like, quickly run to the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. What's sad is that that's oh, why I didn't want to do it. I, as soon as I found out, like, it's <laughs> like, oh, well, fuck that. Well, then no point. Because yeah, I truly, do kind yeah. of think, I do kind of wonder every time an app comes out, I'm like, is this the one that yeah, I'll yeah. catch should the I get, time? Get on, should I, on, should on I get early? on the early front of this? Yeah. But not not be real. Unless you have a bunch of two-minute bits, you're ready to start at any moment. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I guess, yeah, you could do that. I bet people have tried How to do that. Is- how is it for uh how, do you have one kid two three four one how kid. many one three-year-old oh, girl. No. how is that with the comedy scene how is that with just like adulthood you know like we've been talking so much about well yeah i don't think on this episode but in previous episodes we've talked about how we're like adults but we are constantly being like when i grow up and everyone we we're like yeah, okay yeah. you are actually the grown-up <laughs> right right um yeah well i uh, i've started calling it work I didn't used to it for like when she was younger, I used to say, daddy has to go be funny just because I thought I was like, I need to speak her language. But um, I think that's confusing to like, why can't you just be funny here? Um, so now I 100%. say, I, I yeah. call it work. Even if I'm only getting paid $10 or, or nothing, yeah. I uh, say it's work. And then I, you know, I explain why I have to get money, even though it's mostly mommy's money. But uh, I don't tell her that. <laughs> she doesn't know the breakdown of the incomes of the family. She'll sure, yeah. yeah, she She'll will. Figure it out. She definitely will. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it is a little weird. I so I I uh, be, I mean because I I do have a job, but it's like much less uh, <clears throat> high powered than my wife's. Like when uh, when she was born, I almost said her name on live television. I can't have. Oh my oh god! Yeah, can't yes. have these cr- you're crazy. Listeners, our fans, my child's our, name. Your daughter's <laughs> first name, <laughs> our lunchables, <laughs> lunchables. Oh, that's funny. Um, no, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so I, I basically took like a two-year unpaid paternity leave to just be the the dad, like the stay-at-home dad. And um, yeah, it was awesome. I uh, yeah, and then um, at the end of it, I was like, all right, she could probably go to school, so I could like you know, contribute a little bit. And so basically when she, when she turned two and could be in like two-year-old preschool, that's when like she started going to school and I started like working again, but I didn't work for like two years, but I still did comedy um, because, you know, my wife would come home and then I'd go out. I actually thought I would have to stop. Like, to be honest, I thought I, that's why I didn't want to, I put off having a kid for as long as I could. Like 
my wife being older than me, she like really, she really wanted to. And uh, I was like, oh man, just need like a couple more years, you know? And then like, we like pushed it off. I held off the biological, I snoozed the biological alarm clock for as long as I possibly could. And then, um, and then after like she was born, I was like, oh wait, I, do, I have a spot tonight. Can I just, and she was like, yeah, just go do your spot. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I'll just, you, you, you good? And then I went and did it, came back. I was like, everything, everything okay? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. And I was like, oh, all right, I guess I'll just keep doing this. And I can, I have, <laughs> I've just kept doing it even, even more than before. It's, uh, has not stopped me at all. Basically. Sometimes I'm like, it's really a lot tired. about your relationship. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are some relationships where it wouldn't be the same. We'd be like, how dare you go out? Or like the, I'm here all alone, but yeah. that's great that you have such a healthy relationship. Yeah. No, I mean, my wife is like, uh, yeah, she really like knows that it's what, it's what I have to do to be better or to like, to get more work is like, just do do every do spot yeah, yeah do more work to get more work and um yeah she's been very supportive but also i should add i'm i've never really gone that long like uh i don't like right. go and hang out at the club like the fact that like late night at new york comedy club doesn't require that anymore timed so perfectly with me not being able to do that anymore to hang yeah to just like sure. hang for hours and like find out if you're gonna get to go up or maybe not at all i can't do that anymore I go, I do my spot. I'm like, hey, you guys, okay, got to go. And they're like, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I. we've been discussing having a kid for a long time. And that's mm. one of the factors of just like, um, a part of me is like, well, they'll, for the first few years of their life, they'll be asleep by then. They'll be asleep. Yeah. And I will leave. Oh, for a long they time, they'll be asleep. Even no, for like a while. Oh, yeah. Like kids' bedtimes are like eight o'clock for a long time. So yeah, you're so, good. As long as your partner has a nine to five job where they come home you know at like six o'clock even seven o'clock you're you're good if you can get where you're going yeah. in an hour and the show's at eight o'clock you're fine well see we have the best slash worst situation because my husband mm -hmm. has a 6 a.m to 4 p.m job oh so home earlier up yeah. earlier that's still Who knows? no that's even better yeah because then you got plenty you can of see time each other you. yeah you can yeah. see each other for a little bit then go do yeah. your stuff yeah, you're you're good. It'll, it'll be it'll be something. It'll be great. Yeah, and it'll work out. <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact I guess because you'd be the mother, so you might have yeah. a you'd harder be the time. Mother. You might be the mother. You might I be the mother. Be the mother. I don't know if you're in gonna... the biological sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, That's I the mean, tricky part. Is like right. everyone always asks me who doesn't do like my non-comedy friends and my family are like, you can do both or you could do comedy and have a kid. And I'm like, the thing is. Mm -hmm don't know a lot of comedy moms with young kids i'm like show me yeah comparable stories there's not zero if you use formula formula you don't even need to be that's there true. for like anything won't, that's true well you can just you can pump a... no you don't but oh you can well you yeah. still have to like but then pump. i'd have to pump out at a club <laughs> that feels horrible <laughs> yeah to be like no, but a if, tiny I mean, filthy bathroom for 15 minutes plenty but. of moms are using formula for whatever reason and it's mm -hmm. total, you know and you know it that puts a lot of the equal role on both parents and and literally all danny mm -hmm. wants is to wear a baby bjorn for eight hours oh, a day that so. part is the best that yeah he's he's correct that's the best part he's psyched. yeah yeah now i have to like now that she's three i have to like ask her if she wants to go place it like i can't just be like boop you know We're i have going. to be like yeah, I had to be like, do you want to go to the bagels? Do you want a bagel? And she'd be like, no. But before I could just be like, boo, <laughs> we're boo. going to get bagels. Yeah. yeah. That part was the best. Are you guys going to have another one? Or is it just one? Uh, it's my, my Emily, hard-hitting question. <laughs> hard-hitting questions at the end of the podcast. I yeah. just, I'm a big fan of no only pressure. children. No pressure. And yeah. I, I like to see where everybody is at on the only child debate these days. That's more what it is. Yeah. So we can I speak mean, hypothetically if you prefer. No, no, no. I can speak uh, fully, honestly. I I mean, we both like like the idea of another one, but like for the for our daughter's sake, more than our sake, like I think it would be cool for her to have a sibling. But as far as like I'm concerned, and I think my wife feels the same way, uh, we're good with the one. Like it is enough. Yeah. And you uh, had the experience. Yeah. Yeah. The thought of like resetting the clock on all the things that we've gotten through, like so yeah, many yeah. things were like, if we can just get past this, then we're good. And the thought of having to do that again is like, oh my God. But yeah. on the other hand, you know, siblings can play with each other and that like, 
helps a yeah, little bit. But how but... much do they? Like I used to think yeah. that too, but like I don't want to call out people I know with kids, but it's very rare that I see siblings playing together. Like it's it seems hmm. very rare to me when I go Depends to Depends how far homes. apart they are, but yeah. yeah. I remember though, speaking of phases, my cousin, you know, my cousin and his wife have two kids and his wife wanted to wait long enough that one kid could help the other kid. She was like, I want like a three oh, or four wow. year gap so they can like help them put the shoes oh, on. Right, 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 and yeah. But my cousin was like, he was like, if you want another kid, we are having it now. If I bring this stuff up to the attic and down to the garage, I will never bring it back out. Like the ba- like all the baby <laughs> stuff. He was like, we can do whatever you want. I just need you to know we're either like <laughs> staying in this phase for a while or we're <laughs> getting out and never coming back. And I can respect that. That sounds logical to me. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to like pump them out pretty quick like while they're still like really cute and uh i mean while you can still take them places like it just gets harder i think that's i think maybe if we had like done it like a year and a half before it would have been like oh yeah we could really handle it but like now it's like wait another one of these no 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 right you know what i mean like (laughs) i'm signing up for that yeah um but it may it may still happen who knows i might uh, might have just jinxed myself but either way we're we're good to go full circle, are yeah. you using uh, Chinese in your comedy sets? Negative. No. Ah. Uh, yeah, I. it's not that I've been trying not to do that. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. It would feel a little, um, like, show-off-y. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, unless there's a real reason to do it. Yeah, I can't really think of people that... I mean, people have found ways to use, like, uh, you guys know Turner Sparks? Yeah. Yeah, he does some Chinese, but it's like part of a joke where it makes sense. Des Bishop has done it, but I just, I never think of anything funny where I'm like, got to use Chinese for this. Yeah. I mean, it just like never happens. I like how you know all the examples. You're like, <laughs> oh, no, I know. It's a small, yeah, it's a small yeah. Chinese speaking American world out there. It really is. But, um, comedian world. Comedian yeah, there was actually a uh, American Chinese speaking. Yeah. Yeah, there was one um, show that like uh, Des and Ronnie Chang organized where they were like, we'll do a show. We'll do a Chinese show. And like, we'll invite people to the comedy cellar, like Chinese people to watch it. And they got Turner, me and Joe Schaefer and uh, Jocelyn Chia, I think. And um, who were they, they? We were the only people that they could find that like did comedy in Chinese. I'm sure there's more now, but, um, and we did it and they like had somehow like fucked up the marketing and half of the people at the show didn't speak any Chinese at all. And the other half were like oh. Chinese people who didn't really speak English, and it it was a disaster. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> yeah, Turner like Turner had to go first and like kind of bombed a little oh, bit God. because he was still trying to do Chinese and like it didn't work. And he tried English at the end, and like that kind of worked. And then like Ronnie came over and he was like, "Hey, like fuck the Chinese set, just do your English." And so the everyone else like did a little better, but I think Tur- Turner's still a little mad at me that he like <laughs> that he bombed at the cellar. Uh, on his first you know on his first go and, I, and I didn't yeah yeah but uh yeah that was uh I haven't really tried to do I mean I did comedy in China in Chinese for very receptive audiences that did not Ooh. it didn't mean that I was good at it they were just they were just like ah you know like Great, it was like wonderful yeah, yeah but uh I have not done it in um not in America since since then I I, I also think that like American audiences, what they know about China is not what I know about China. So it'll never be, 100%. it'll never be funny for them or fun for me. I'll always be doing yeah. like a stereotype or something that's yeah. not really There's true. There's not enough yeah. of actual knowledge crossover. There's just a lot of pre- preconceived information. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Gus, this has been so much fun. Yes, uh, we've yeah. kind of come to the end. Thank you uh, we want to bring you now to our first and only segment, which is where we want to know where you literally like to eat alone at lunch. Oh, um, I like uh, I like a diner. I like a um, uh, like a New York a City diner just alone. Uh, I mean, I I mostly eat alone at lunch just at my desk, um, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But where I like to eat alone is like at a diner. I just like that they have booths, you know. Like a nice yeah. booth. Classic. You kind of spread out. Uh, what's table? your diner meal of choice? Hmm. Like a, probably a burger. Yeah. Classic. Classic. Burger, nice. fries. Yeah. yeah. I've learned not to do <laughs> chicken fingers at a diner. No, no good. Pretty rare. Yeah. You're going to have the best chicken fingers ever at a diner, but burgers are like, some of them are pretty good. 
Or like, yeah. I don't know, chicken salad sandwich. Mm-hmm. I'm a tuna milk kind of gal. Ah, that sounds good. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, we want to give you the time now to promote more stuff oh in addition gosh. to Smart Air. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, thank you because I have no financial interest in Smart Air. So uh, that wouldn't help me <laughs> at all good stuff. if like yeah. a thousand people bought Air Pure Fries right now. Um, thank you. I would love to plug. Uh, I'm recording an album slash comedy special at New York Comedy Club on November 6th. So if you're in new york please come to that uh or just like wait a couple of months or however long it takes to edit it and then um download it or something or watch it or stream it or whatever it's amazing untitled but just google me or whatever if you want yeah where can everybody follow you so they can keep up tabs on this special oh yeah thanks it's uh uh just on instagram i guess gus tate g-u-s-t-a-t-e or just google me i'm pretty easy to find not a lot of Gus Tates. And we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, they'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, do that. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. This was fun. Awesome. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. Perfect. And thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Gus is the best. He's just a nice, I know you mentioned it earlier, but he's such a, he is just like a genuinely nice guy. Like the way that he kept on <laughs> making sure we understood that his experience in China was positive. Like he was like, I just need you guys to know, like it was a it great was experience. <laughs> I will not bad mouth the program, the people, the experience, anything about it. Yeah. He is not a person you'd want on if you were looking for some tea to be spilled. But if you're looking for an informative, lovely chat, Gus is the man for you. I always think it's funny when <laughs> people who went to Ivy's like have to be weird about it because like we make it weird. Have you, you ever know? met someone who went to an Ivy that's not weird about it? Like literally, well, I don't think I have. I think it's only because society is like, oh, like he's just telling the truth. He's just stating yeah, facts. He's just saying <laughs> words. Yeah. He's there's no. Like, I went to this school and we're like, oh, you did. And then he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. But it's true. I don't, I don't think I've ever met somebody that can casually be like, oh, where'd you go to school? Harvard. It was good. I enjoyed it. That's where yeah. I went. And then that's the <laughs> end of the car. Like never, never in my wildest dreams have I had that conversation. But yeah, he, uh, he did go to Princeton. He's a smarty pants and good for him. Good for him. Uh, that kind of leads me into your recommendation. Um, Emily, this one's for you. I think specifically it, it is a book and it is a book about school. You like the school books, the boarding school type. I books. do like a boarding school type book. And uh, Princeton reminded me of, you know, I know Princeton's obviously not like an all boys school, but it just like, I don't know. I feel like every Ivy probably has a history of being at some point an all boys school. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so this book is a, it's a, it's a little known book. Maybe you haven't heard of it. It's called a separate piece. Did we talk about this one already? <laughs> I don't think so. Did we? Do you know a separate piece? I don't know. Oh, I was saying it ironically. I think it's a it's quite a famous book, actually. Um, a separate piece. It is about two boys who go to a prep school set in the 1950s. Uh, and um, it kind of flashes back to um, the World War II era. So it's like takes it like starts in the present which is 950s and it goes backwards and it's about these two boys and like how their relationship it's kind of a coming age coming of age and um how they have like their their relationship together their experiences together like it's kind of a bromance will they won't they i mean it's set in the world war ii era so there's obviously no like sexy times but um it's yeah it's just like about one is kind of this cool guy and then he kind of takes on this other guy but then their relationship kind of shifts and it just i I really enjoyed it. Um, it's one of those books I always had on my list of like, this is a book I should read. And I finally ended up reading it and enjoyed it. And I'm bringing it to you now. Amazing. I had to Google it while you were talking. I think I've seen the cover. I am a little surprised that I have not read it, but I, you know, I can take recommendations too. So I'll put that <laughs> on my list. Do it. Okay. So you had a really, uh, academic recommendation. And my recommendation is a book and I need you to just like, stay with me on this. So I won't. I definitely great. won't. Fantastic. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be honest. I do have a list of books that I've read that I occasionally just add to when I read something that I think could be good for the podcast at some point. Like I'm like, Oh, at some point I want to recommend, recommend this. So I put it on the list and, um, 
it reminded me of Gus's conversation because Gus seemed to just, he seemed really like easygoing and positive about all of these big life choices. Like he was just like, yeah, I was from Kentucky and I went to Princeton. No big deal. I went, you know, across the country. Oh, I was at Princeton. Then I moved to China. No big deal. That felt right. Oh, I want to do comedy. I'm moving to New York city. Fantastic. That's what I'm doing. Like he just kind of seems to take these big steps with like a confidence that is really fantastic and amazing. And, and honestly, like uh, jealousy inducing on my part of just being like, of course, this will be fine. I'm just going to go do this. But it did make me think of Matthew McConaughey's book. Uh, it's called Green Lights. And yes. it's it's a good book. I enjoyed it. It's actually a very good audiobook. He reads it himself. And if you have any love in your heart for this man, it is a wonderful audiobook because he's just like, <laughs> let me tell you a story like I'm Matthew McConaughey and it's but it's it's interesting and he has a more interesting life than I thought he did if I'm going to be honest and he just kind of the concept of green lights he gets into in the book but it's just kind of the concept of like when you see something that is telling you to keep moving to accept it and obviously sometimes there are yellow lights and red lights in your life but to like the way to success is recognizing a green light and taking advantage of it. And I feel like Gus has really done that on his journey. So my recommendation is Matthew McConaughey's green lights. I approve that message. I think that was a great, not at all stretch and I'm not being sarcastic. That was lovely. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, thank you so much and enjoy and goodbye. And before we say goodbye, Please, if you haven't in a while, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, recommend it to a friend, repost a thing, post your own thing, tell anybody you like, and just, you know, spread the word because we're really excited about the podcast and we'd love if more people got the message. So tell a friend about it and we'll see you back here next week. You can find Emily on all the social media platforms at The Funny Walsh. You can find Carly at Carly J. Montag. And you can find the podcast at Alone at Lunch Pod. If you'd like to email us, you can do that at Alone at Lunch at Gmail. If you like our show, please give us a five-star rating and a review. Episodes of Alone at Lunch are available free wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear new episodes one week early, you can download Amazon Music. Or if you want to hear new episodes early and ad-free, you can subscribe to Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts or the Wondery app. Another way you can support our show is by filling out a survey at wondery.com survey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Alone at Lunch early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen early and ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin Podcast Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Each week on the Mr. Ballin Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust. After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them, but after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music.